Hey there, After Buzzers. Welcome to the Expanse After Show. We're talking episode nine. We have a very super special guest, and we're going to talk about Proto Molecule, more Miller, and the Behemoth going in. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. What's up, After Buzzers? Hey. We're talking episode nine, Intrasegents. <laughs> I was like, how do we say this word? Uh, the Expanse. My name is Carrie Lane, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host. Hey, guys. Rick Kong here. And uh, to the left is Cherry. Hey. And our very super special guest, we get none other than James Holden, Stephen Strait. Woo-hoo. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. So, first of all, congratulations on the renewal. Woo. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. How thank did you. that it's feel? Oh, uh, it was it was you know one such a relief and um, and just incredibly exciting you know it was um, it was such a, a crazy couple of weeks with uh, what was going to happen with the show and you know in in truth we have the greatest fans in the world and um, and they they saved us you know and um, I I am unfathomably grateful to them we have such a passionate group of people on the show and. We so desperately wanted to finish telling this story, and um, and they've they've allowed us to do that. So it was uh, it was just an incredible incredible moment uh, about a week and a half ago when it was announced, and um, and we're all just over the moon, all over the moon. Nice. I was I was trying to figure out: Did you guys all band together and then tell Amazon and say, "Hey, until the end of the run of the show, we need free oh. Amazon Prime membership." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wish. I wish. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see if uh, Mr. Bezos is uh, is that generous. But, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take just having the show on his platform. Yes. Uh, and then uh, we do have a live YouTube chat for you watching on YouTube. And feel free to write in any questions. We'll pass those on. And if you're watching it later, no problem. Please comment down below. Also, comment down below after the video has been uploaded because we have a very special sign poster by Steven Strait himself. Love it. What is this from? You got some long curly hair going on in this one. A beard or goatee? <laughs> that, was a, uh, that was a, a photo shoot from a long time ago. It was, very cool. uh, I was probably in my early 20s then. But nice. uh, that was the picture they gave me to sign, so I signed it. No, it's classic. It's awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love it. It's vintage pink. vibe. You know, it's throwback. Not to say you're old or anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this season's been a great uh, journey for so many of the characters, uh, in particular in this episode and the last. Now that Holden is seeing Miller, you've had right. to do some crazy shifts for your character of essentially, maybe you are crazy. How has that been as an actor to perform? Right. It was um, it was something I was really looking forward to uh, the last couple seasons. I, I, was a, I was a fan of the books before we started the show, and... Um, you know, the introduction of um, Proto-Miller or, you know, the apparition that is Miller or whatever, whatever he is, we're not entirely sure yet at this point. Um, that interaction in the books I found really fascinating. And, um, you know, we've spent so many years really reinforcing the realism of, uh, of telling this story and having all these beats be earned. And, you know, I really have to hand it to the writers and the authors because it's, it's a very bold move creatively to go from something so grounded to something very fantastical. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as an actor and, uh, you know, the creative team, when we were approaching 
the last episode, um, the challenge was how do we root this uh, in, in realism? How would Holden react in real time to seeing uh, these hallucinations and um, how frustrating that would be and how um, helpless he would feel? And uh, for me, it was, it was the most challenging uh, episode of the season uh, and also the most fun. Uh, because you you see him go through these different shades of just disbelief and concern, and uh, he thinks he's going nuts or he thinks he's sick. And you know, for a guy who has become so skeptical this season, who has really fought against the uh, the feeling of being, you know, the savior of anybody or chosen by anything, you know, he's spent this whole year focusing on. Uh, goals that are tangible, you know, getting Prax's daughter back and, you know, arresting um, Jules Pierre Mao. Um, not overarching goals of saving the system or making sure the protomolecule is stamped out or what have you. And the great irony of him finally kind of coming into his own um, as the captain of this ship and, you know, having those earned beats get him to this place just as the rug is pulled out from under him. And, um, you know, playing with Playing with that uh, was really fulfilling. I had, I had a really, really fun time, and and obviously to have Tom back, um, you know, I, I always love working with him. He's such an incredible actor and a generous man, and um, we just had a great time with it. So do you, do you guys like haze uh, Tom Jane when he comes back to set and say, "Hey man, you've been gone for a couple of seasons, so <laughs> we're, we're the top, we're the alpha dogs on this on this ship." <laughs> we're just happy to have him back, you know. And you know, I I love so much what he did with um, with the character. You know, it was something that we discussed quite a bit um, together, and with Narain and Mark Fergus and and the uh, and the writers of the episodes to to have. The, the Miller apparition um, progress, you know, go from this kind of staticky, um, he's not entirely sure where he is either. And, um, you know, to see him slowly kind of come into something more solid and to have, um, to, to begin to have more of a real relationship with Holden. Um, you know, pacing that out was really important and also pacing Holden's emotional beats out uh, was very important in terms of selling the um, this kind of enormous shift um, in the tone of the story. Uh, it, you know, it, it becomes this kind of phenomena that is totally unprecedented, and none of the rules apply anymore. So, um, you know, making sure we were all on the same page and executing that properly uh, was a, a big key to making uh, Holden's arc and and um, Miller's arc through the rest of the year really work. And um, we spent a lot of time uh, making sure that that foundation uh, was appropriately set so that we could uh, build on that going forward. It's interesting, too, because even though it's being more grounded, there's actually a lot of comedy that comes out with it. Like when you first see Miller even joking about the hat. Yeah. And then, uh... Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, the absurdity of the situation, there's there's a lot of room for having these humorous moments um, because it's insane. I mean, it's, it's a crazy situation. Yeah. And, you know, Holden has a tendency to be a, a bit self-serious. And and when you have a character like that, there's there's a really amazing opportunity when absurd situations occur to shake him around. You know, I mean, when he first sees Miller, it's like, you know, it's the, the first question isn't, 
what the fuck is going on. It's why do you have a hat on inside? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, I, I must be nuts because this is so bizarre. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we've had a really good time with playing with those, uh, those comedic beats uh, in, in between these kind of more heavy moments. Uh, one that stood out in this episode uh, that was very amusing, and I liked how it's just your face, is um, Alex comes to check on Holden, and right. it's like, I would have called, just opens the door, any Miller stuff, and Hol just the way you look at him is like, please go away. <laughs> and it's just so comedic. Yeah, the, you know, we, we kind of thought about it, and, you know, we Miller Miller wouldn't stop coming to him before they went through the yeah. ring. I mean, he, was, he was haunting Holden. And the minute that he actually does need him, he's gone. And he, you know, he, he's doing his best to do whatever he can to try and, like, conjure up this uh this image and there's nothing that he can do so you know in uh, in our minds as we were playing it you know alex comes down after a couple of hours of holden just doing everything he possibly can in this room to try and get miller to appear you know screaming and praying and um you know everything that he possibly can it just isn't working and um you know holden uh is frustrated and um you know, he's just at the end of his rope. I mean, so many of these uh, insane circumstances have happened so quickly. Um, you know, the minute he needs a hand, he doesn't have one. And uh, and he's just doing his best to keep his temper in check and not take it out on people who don't deserve it. Um, so, uh, yeah, funny, funny moment to have with uh, with Alex for sure. So we have a couple of questions from the chat. Shockingly about the coffee machine. Shannon K. Boyle says, did it hurt to break that coffee machine? And then they're just asking that poor coffee machine from Douglas. And um, yeah, the coffee machine, what's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was an unfortunate episode with the, uh, with the coffee machine. Uh, it, it's actually a funny story because we only had one of those coffee machines to, on the day when we, when we did that scene. And... Um, and they were like, listen, like if it if it if we don't have the beginning of this take, we're gonna cut. Like, don't hit the coffee machine if we don't <laughs> know we have it, uh, because we only have one. And um, and I was like, sure, yeah, no problem. Like, you know, we'll, you know, make sure that we're careful with it. And um, and we did that first take, and uh, I just. I just kind of lost myself in the scene, I guess, and I hit it really hard, and it just and, and it just broke apart. And and there's there's a reaction in the take. It worked really well, actually, where I was like, oh no, oh oh no, not the not the coffee machine. Like we only have one of these, and um, and it and it's in the it's in the cut. Um, so he like kind of goes really carefully to kind of see if he can fix it, and he's you know already kind of remorseful over what he's done. And, um, and then it just starts spraying him in the face and he just loses it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it was a little bit of a, you know, self, self-inflicted, um, you know, a little self-hatred there, you know, kind of breaking the thing that he's, uh, most attached to on the ship, you know, it was a really kind of big symbol, uh, for where Holden is at as he's trying to, you know, keep, keep his, you know, emotions in check and, you know, they're still at that point in the, in the season, you know, despite the fact that this, bombshell has um that naomi's dropped on them has kind of shattered this family they still have to work together and it's kind of that thing where you know you're working with your ex and you're trying to keep it civil and you know there's it's all very uncomfortable and 
um, it's just really overwhelming to him. So the uh, the poor coffee machine takes the brunt of that. And, um, we were joking that you know we would take an appliance and just break it every every episode. Um, but yeah, so that was the uh, that was the reason for the uh, for the coffee machine being broken. Bonjour from Paris. Yahoo late hates Liana says hi. First time watching live in France. Definitely worth staying up. I was wondering what you thought still grounds Holden to reality, given the complete insanity that is happening around him. Mm. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah, I think, you know, for Holden, you know, Holden was really humbled this year. You know, I think after after the end of the second season, um, you know, he kind of lost himself in this in this Ahab-ish um, quest to stamp out uh, the protomolecule. You know, and by, by that point, he was the only one left, really, who had experienced it so viscerally. Miller is already dead. And um, and he felt somewhat responsible for, for all of this, even if he wasn't. Um, so, you know, the fact that it kind of proliferated throughout the system and, um, and the, you know, the genie was out of the bottle. And then to have, you know, Naomi, who is, who is his lover and crewmate and confidant and kind of co-captain in a lot of ways... Um, you know, kind of break this incredible betrayal. Um, you know, I think he he digs deep and realizes that that what's important to him is his family on this ship. And, um, you know, he's doing what he can to, you know, in the beginning of the season to help Brax um, find his daughter who had become part of the crew by that point. And uh, his motivation is, is far more simple um, and more human uh, and less uh, philosophical than it was before. It's rooted in the people around him. And, um, you know, the, the decisions he makes up until this point um, is really for the benefit of, of Alex and, and, um, and Amos and, uh, and Prax, and also, you know, in, in certain ways, Naomi as well. You know, I think, um, you know, they, they part, and it's not acrimonious. You know, he, uh, he does understand... Uh, where she's coming from, even if he doesn't agree with it, and um, you know, I think I think it's that. I think he's he's rooted into these um, into these relationships, and that's what really keeps him grounded. Um, uh, you know, amongst this incredible insanity. I mean, you know, when you meet Holden in the first season, I mean, he's this kind of naive, cocky, um, arrogant guy, and um, and to and to play this vast arc over you know, three and a half years, uh, to where he beat by beat, uh, becomes the man that, the, that the people around him need him to be, uh, through experience and through frankly, his failures. And, um, you know, I think those failures and that humility, uh, have, have forced him to see what's actually important. And, um, and it, and it roots him in those relationships. And I think that's what keeps him on the ground. A couple of things you said in there are very interesting for the title of this episode, Intransigence. So it means refusal to change one's views or to agree about something. There's a lot of that going on in this yeah. environment of people agreeing or not agreeing on what to do. Uh, so let's go, we'll go a little bit into what goes down the episode and uh, we'll ask you questions or feel free to chime in. Uh, sure. The beginning we have the behemoth and it's obviously still having some power failure and trouble. And drummer's line to Naomi, hate, hate me later, or, uh, you know, you can hate me later, you need to work now. Right. And, uh, but then she apologizes, like, well, if I killed your crew, I am sorry. Which is right. kind of 
almost <laughs> comedic because it's she's like okay well fine I, I don't i don't want them dead but like i'm still a human being uh when we hop over to the rosy they're talking about how there's no stars and how it's a bubble what did you think when you finally got to see that world inside the ring because you know you you said you're a fan of the books what did you think of how they visually showed it i i thought it was masterful and i um I had an opportunity this year um, in post to kind of see how they were making it. Mm. And um, it's just stunning. I mean, you know, Bob Monroe and the, uh, and the VFX team are just um, so wildly talented. Uh, you know, to visualize uh, these things as an actor, um, you know, when you're looking at a green screen on the, on the desk and, you know, you, you know, you're visualizing this other place that, that doesn't exist. Um, it's, it's challenging and also really uh, freeing in a certain way because you can kind of go wherever you want, you know. It's, um, it's, it's this, this otherness, you know, this, uh, this, you know, I think with Holden in that scene in particular, there's a sense of wonder at, um, at what he's seeing and, uh, you know, the fact that there is no stars and that, um, that this incredible event has um, completely changed the, the paradigm of, of what it means even to be, you know, human and what, and what our place is in the, in the universe. I mean, that, that is, you know, that, that's talked about mostly in, um, in, in Anna's, uh, you know, in Dr. Volovodov's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, storyline, you know, the, the kind of philosophical ramifications for what, uh, what these events mean for the way people view themselves and, um, and how humanity views itself and, and, and what place it holds, you know, with within the the structure of the of the greater universe. Um, but to see the ring come together and um, and the you know Mineo going through it and and it being you know so visceral and kind of violent when you see what it can actually do, um, I just think they you know Bob and, and Lorraine have just um, have just hit it out of the park with uh, with the way that they have visualized uh, all of this. Yeah, uh, we get almost comedic and scary moment of Amos confronting. I'm just gonna call him Snake Eyes because that's what he called him before. And he claims he doesn't know. Did we were we suspicious? Do we think he's just lying, or he really didn't know what he did? The Snake Eyes of what he did to the ship. At that point, I thought he was lying. I'm not sure if he knew the repercussions of everything, but he knew that he was being paid to something in the ship that he didn't he may not have known what all was going to do he knew it was going to do something but yeah. not it was going to do all that well later when he tries to fix it there's kind of that comedic moment where amos shows alex the chip and he's like so what can you we do uh yeah that's a naomi thing yeah <laughs> of, course, of course the person that's not on the ship yes. is the one that can probably fix it maybe and <laughs> that's naomi. right that's right i mean you know it's funny because we're so helpless in a lot of ways without her there and right? um <laughs> You know, and I, I think I think he I, I don't think he knew exactly what was going on. You know, I, he's been played in a lot of ways. And, you know, Melba Melba has kind of woven this very intricate web uh, mm-hmm. to get to get back at Holden. And um, and everything goes perfect, except the fact that she hadn't taken into account uh, what the ring is and how it functions and how I mean, how could she? Nobody knew. Nobody knew exactly what it is or, or what it does. Yeah. Um, she was expecting the Rossi to be blown up. And, um, you know, there, there's a very subtle and great reaction from Nadine uh, Nicole, who plays Melba, when 
when she realizes that they're not dead. Um, you know, they're walking into that locker room and um, you can see it on her face. She's like, oh, shit, this didn't this didn't go exactly according to plan. But um, <laughs> but Cohen, Cohen, I think, is just a cog in the wheel, you know, and um, and I think for Amos, Amos realizes that they don't know. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because it's one of the only times you see Amos actually angry. Uh, he's a not he's a non-emotional guy, but he's using anger as a tool to to get a reaction out of these folks uh, to see if they actually do know something. And he he comes to the conclusion that they don't and um, and, you know, sends them on their way as carrier pigeons, you know, to, to, the, to the Martian fleet. <laughs> Uh, actually, speaking of that, um, so that was something when we first met Melba, I was trying, I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, so now that you know how she's connected, were you surprised, um, Rick, were you surprised when we learned Melba is Mao's daughter? I had no freaking clue. I literally <laughs> had no clue because, because she turns herself into that weird monster thing or whatever. So like, I had no clue that she'd be. I thought we were done with that guy. I thought we were done with like, the Mao's in general, and we're going towards the ring and Miller. So now it's just like, oh, the Mao's are back again. There's another one. <laughs> there's not. There's a lot, and it was mind blowing. And her daddy issues is going to like. I was like, oh my god. There's nothing you can do that will ever make your dad respect you, honey. Yeah, her character. I'm I'm reading the books right now, and when her character's first introduced, yeah, you have no idea because you know she's vaguely described, but you don't see her. Uh, and then when they connect it, you're just like, oh, and that's why she hates Holden. But still, man, that is some deep hatred. Yeah, it's it's real animosity. I mean, they they. Um, I really loved that sequence in this in this episode where we kind of took a chance to breathe a bit and um, and explore those backstories yes. because. You know, this this family goes from being the the magnates of the system to being pariahs almost overnight. And, um, you know, Holden, you know, this kind of figurehead that she blames for this, uh, you know, who literally makes him kneel before um, before the head of the U.N. and then, you know, incarcerates him for the rest of his life. Um, You know, he's flipped their lives upside down. And, um, you know, the not just the personal hurt of like, you know, her father, you know, being in jail forever uh, and her sister being dead. And um, but, you know, just the the stain on the family, you know, that goes from being, uh, you know, the most successful, you know, prolific, uh, powerful family around to um, to being the most hated. Uh, you know, it, it fuels something very visceral in her and. Um, you know, that, that animosity comes from a very, very deep place, for sure. Uh, later on, please comment down below, what do you think? Were you surprised when we find out that Melba is part of the Mao family? I think that was a great reveal of just like, oh. And yeah, as you said, those flashbacks were a really fun way to learn about it more without being like, this is how she's connected. Uh, sure. Also, to see her relationship with Julie was great, too. Yes. Yeah. And Julie seems to have, she, she knows what her dad is. Yeah. Right. Then, uh, oh, another strong female going on over to Naomi. She's definitely not happy with everything that's going on, but is happy to learn when Ashford says the Rosie's okay um, and the MCRN is going after them to go arrest them. Their conversation about your old crew and if you outgrew them or not was really interesting. Do you guys think she felt like she outgrew her team or why did she leave? I think she left because of her loyalty 
to the belters. And then when she realized she was going to lose everyone, all of a sudden it realized, she realized that was her family as opposed to the abstractness of your nationality or nation or something. Mm-hmm. No, nah, she just felt bad for betraying Holden. So she's feeling guilty. So she's like, now I got to get out of here. I can't look in the same yeah. way again. And she was also, I think she was sabotaging the ship the entire time. Oh, to keep really? Her from firing and everything else. Oh, she never no. let them shoot her baby. No, it's no. more, I think it's just also just like being on that ship. She's never going to understand if, at least at that time, if. Holden, Alex, and Amos are going to always doubt when there's something else big that happens again. Is she going to make the right decision, or is she going to do something that's self-serving? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed that scene that she had with Ashford, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, obviously, uh, you know, Dominique and David are such incredible actors. Um, you know, when he comes and he he essentially, you know, is talking to her about the nostalgia of going back it totally backfires. And then she, you know, she's like, well, I was with the OPA far before I was ever on the Rossi. And nostalgia in a lot of ways is the reason why she's on the behemoth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she, she makes that, that decision to go home to, to her family that she made. Um, because again, it's like, you know, it's, it's a subject that we touch on quite a bit in the show, this kind of sense of tribalism and nationalism um, and I think, you know, the writers, again, we have, we have such incredible writing on this show. They do a very good job of not having these monolithic um, factions that all agree with each other about everything. You know, there, there, are, there are subgroups of subgroups of subgroups within the OPA or Earth or Mars um, that sometimes don't agree and sometimes um, are at odds with each other. And, um, you know, I think the Rossi crew, if, if anything, kind of, is the symbol and represents um, how people can move past uh, the these kind of these these constructs that they put on themselves um, to identify, you know, to identify as a as a belter or an earther or a Martian. Uh, when in reality, you know, we're dealing with you know the ring and whatever the hell that means, and you know this other this other entity has come into uh, into the fold and. Um, you know, people are still fighting amongst each other, you know, and, uh, you know, I think she comes to realize that it's just not, um, that's just not the way she, she views how she can, you know, help and move the situation forward. Also, it seems like even though she's with her people, quote unquote, I would say, uh, on the behemoth, she doesn't seem like she's comfortable. Like on uh, the Rosinante, it felt like she could really be herself. And right. even though they didn't all get along, they still, everybody on that ship is who they are and they're not trying to be somebody else. And that's kind of the beauty of their union of, you know, nobody's false on who they are, even though they maybe have some secrets. But, you know, nobody's pretending to be something else. Well, and she, and she had to switch accents. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm confused. I mean, like, Steven, I mean, can, can you do a Belter accent? Have they asked for that? No, uh, you know, it, it, I thought it was a really cool choice uh, on Dominique's part. You know, um, it was something that they talked about quite a bit, um, just in terms of the, you know, how deep do you go back into the Belter Creole of um, of the environment? And um, and again, you know, an interesting symbol of her having to shift her identity around to fit back in. And, um, you know, again, you know, it 
she becomes really disillusioned with um, with what the OPA is trying to do um, and 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 what they're trying to achieve. And um, you know, it's when you, when you're looking at it from only one perspective, you know, from one side, you know, like the OPA or Earth or Mars, you're kind of missing the big picture. And um, and I think she sees it. And you know, again, like you know, she comes around. Uh, through this experience on the behemoth to what is really important to her and it's and it's the family that she built uh, on the Rossi and uh, I think for a lot of the for all the all the people on the Rossi at some point in this season um, have the same discovery and um, and really kind of dig deep and uh, and reinvest in that Absolutely. Uh, now, first of all, quick real thank you to everybody who's watching us on YouTube, but also we have this as an iTunes podcast, so if you like podcasts, please go check that out. And if you have friends who are podcast listeners, let them know about The Expanse after show as iTunes podcast. Make sure to rate, uh, you know, one through four don't work, so give it a five star. And uh, leave a comment. Let us know what you think about the show, what other topics you want us to cover, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Well, we have a question in the yeah. chat for everybody, including you, Stephen. Curly Toot says... So do you guys think that Naomi and Drummer had a thing, like, more than just friends? Because Drummer said, romantic you know... Thing. Yeah, I couldn't figure out if it's romantic or friendship or something. I don't think he's too old. He's too, I mean, and I love Dennis Dragon. Yeah. No, oh, Drummer, drummer, oh, drummer. and Naomi. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> That's why I said Drummer. Did they have a girlfriend? They had, like, they had that little question, where well, didn't you come back for yeah. me? And I was like... Oh, why would she come back for you? You know, back to their handball game that they had a few seasons ago, I would say yes. <laughs> I think it's an open question. Ah. I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Not sure what She is known for loving the one you're with, so yeah. Yeah, okay. You know what? That's yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a good. That's a good question. Yeah. Thank you, Curly Toot. Uh, well, before she says her goodbye, Drummer does have that great motivational speak for the Belters, and this moment belongs to us. Behemoth goes in. They're okay, so that's good. But Naomi, in trying to leave, that was a really kind of like, aw, bye, send off, and. She mentions, though, Naomi says, I came back for the wrong reasons. And I think she was being nostalgic the other way, being nostalgic for her life back with OPA. But clearly, that was not what she really wanted. And Drummer's so hurt. She's like, you're going to leave without saying goodbye. She's trying but, to do like, what, the Irish goodbye? Isn't that what they call yeah, it? The, just, you just <laughs> just, yeah, just, just take off. Be like, see ya. But I'm with the Rossi now. I'm afraid you wouldn't let me go. And then Drummer, you know, like, lets her go. And it's like, you don't really know me. But... That was really kind of sweet and sad, bittersweet. Very bittersweet. Now but, I look, I look forward to her, her being back with the crew. That's the yes, whole time. Yes. As soon as I saw that she was gone, my yeah. my mind is okay. What episode is she coming back to the crew, <laughs> yeah. or how do they get back together? Because that's when we see like good stuff happen. Yeah. Overall, yeah. stay away. It was a beautiful. It was a beautiful scene. I thought, um, you know, I, Kara. You know, Kara G is just she's such a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. You can just see this incredibly stoic person hurting so badly in um, in that scene. It's 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 just brimming from behind this very austere uh, uh, presentation, um, but heartbreaking that scene. Yeah, I, th- I think it was just one of my favorites of the episode. Definitely don't think we're done with drummer though. I feel there'll be more of that. Oh yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's not going anywhere. No. She's, she's going- <laughs> Uh, we mentioned Anna a little bit earlier. So Anna has a couple different interactions. One with uh, Tilly, who's the 
uh, woman who's staying on the ship, which is interesting because from the book to this, they changed her to a debutante, and I thought she was married in the book, which is like, oh, fun. So then she's like, this is why I'm staying. Um, but she says she's staying because of extortion. So that ex, uh, an executive officer applied for a job at her mom's company and pretty much just says she's staying because she's thrill-seeking and asks Anna why she wants to say stay. And Anna says it's been the only miracle in her life, which is kind of a very interesting perspective from a woman who's, you know, religious and a pastor and everything. How do we feel about that kind of interaction of Anna trying her darndest? She's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not ready. I am so close to this thing. I'm not going to just bail. I mean, no, you've got some this like this. uh, Gosh, saying E.T. is wrong, right? I mean, but like you just have this like this, this extra thing that's been created. Yeah. Like if you're talking about, you know, you know, like the creation of like worlds and religion and all sort of stuff. Here's like this new thing that shows up. So it's just like, okay, well, what is this? How does this factor into my world and my beliefs and my teachings? So it's like the only way to do it is get close to it and under- try to understand it. Yeah. I think it's a really cool moment for Anna because, you know, I, everybody on this, all the characters on this show, um, you know, nobody, nobody's painted in black and white and um, everybody's flawed in their own way. And, um, you know, I think for her, uh, you know, her being so close to the ring and her wanting to go in, it shows a, you know, it's not a, it's not a selfless motivation. You know, it's a, she's, she, she has this curiosity. She has this wonder and she wants to know herself what it is. And, um, she has a family at home. You know, she doesn't know if she's coming back and, um, it, it pulls her. Uh, in a way that um, I think, you know, you'll see, you start to see her struggle with the motivation of why she's there uh, in this episode. And that 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 continues, um, you know, why she made this choice. It wasn't for the best interest of of her loved ones. It was it was for it was for her own sense of of wanting to know. And um, I think it paints a, a really interesting color into this character who has been such a um, a moral force in uh, in the story so far, and 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 she st- she continues to be, but it is she's still a human being, you know, and um, and she does have very human motivations for being uh, for being out there. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, Hector, the other gentleman who's like, I'm going to leave. He says, "Well, I have a family," which right. it's like so does she, but I think her curiosity is more the prevalent force for her to move her forward. Um, what was some other? Oh, so then we have the Holden at the very end with Miller and he pops up and the trying to have the conversation with Miller always is amusing. Like, no, just talk to me like a normal person. And then this was a fun twist. Cause Miller goes, okay, fine. And then says all these like big elaborate words and phrases and Holden replies, Okay, never mind. Just tell me about the regular talk. Talk plain speak, please. Yeah, go back to the metaphors, please. Yes. I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Is yeah, there any was, like jokes funny. on set when you're doing those kind of almost over dramatic, serious moments? Do either of you get the giggles or anything, or is it you know full serious? Oh no, we do. I, it, it breaks every once in a while. You know, me and me and Tom have a really good time with those scenes, and. Um, you know, it's so fun as as actors to get to play this stuff because it's it's so unusual and so original in, in what its concept is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Tom is is so, you know he's so good that 
you know, he can, you know, spurt out these incredible series of tongue-tying words, um, you know, at such a clip and with such ease. Um, you know, it really provides for a really kind of funny moment uh, between the two. And um, we definitely we definitely blew a few takes just laughing because uh, it is so funny and kind of out there. And um, Holden is so in over his head that, uh, that, you know, this thing that he's been complaining about for two episodes of, you know, him not communicating uh, in, in a simple way, in a clear way, you know, he's like, okay, well, you're right. Like, go back to the metaphors. At least I get that you're talking in metaphors and I can take a crime scene, all this other stuff. I just have no idea. How, uh, how do you feel for Holden of him getting in his spacesuit and jumping in, uh, floating over towards the possible station? We're not exactly sure what it is, but they're calling it the station. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big moment for him. You know, it is, um, it is literally and figuratively a leap of faith. And, um, you know, he, at this point, has come to trust this apparition to a certain extent. I mean, it did save their lives uh, going through the ring. And, um, and obviously, it's only talking to him. You know, no one else can see it. So um, at this point, you know, they're in uncharted waters. And he has to go with the best option that he has, which is listening to whatever this might be. Because there's no guarantee that it is Miller. You know, it, it could just be the ring using his image or it could uh, be, a, 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 you know, an infinite amount of other things because they they don't know what's going on. So but it has saved them um, and it has saved his crew and um, he doesn't have a better option. So he, he chooses to 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 jump, you know, and he, and he we, we use the XO badge and him kind of leaving it there. As a as a symbol of just um, of him kind of leaving this old um, this old world behind, and um, and taking this this leap into something else, uh, because obviously he has he has been chosen to be this conduit um, between whatever made the ring or the ring itself and um, and everyone else. And Naomi's on her way, too, for sure. So she's like, don't worry, guys, I'm Hold coming. Hold on, I'm coming, yeah. <laughs> um, any other final comments on the episode, Rick, Cherry? Uh, Steven, I just, I just wanted to say, you know, you, you must have just a lot of satisfaction on probably being on one of the most diverse series ever on television. So, I mean, that's, that's just got to be, like, just fun and great. I mean, because like, you live in New York, and, like, that's all, all, like a, a city and also a state that's very diverse, too, so... Yes, indeed. It's something that I and everyone on the show is incredibly proud of. And, um, you know, we, uh, we take a lot of pride in, um, in the way that we've built this show. And we have just the most incredible, um, passionate uh, actors from, from every kind of background. And, um, and we just, we love working together on this thing. And, and uh, we take a lot of pride in, in our diversity. So, yeah, as a New Yorker and as someone who uh, truly values diversity and it's it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing for us to do. Yeah, that's something I absolutely love about the show as yes. well. And uh, diversity of male and female ratio, and then also of all the different ethnicities and all kinds of representation for sure. Uh, do we have any other comments or questions from the chat? Um, this one might be a little bit difficult to understand, but I Am Alien says, it's interesting that both Miller and Holden were sort of created artificially, if that makes sense. It feels oh, like Holden well, was being molded into 
being the leader that they wanted him to be because of outside influences. Well, technically, Holden was made with multiple parents, too. So that's semi-artificial. <laughs> yeah. True enough. True Which, enough. There was a yeah, news I, thing. I, I, she's, I think, I think um, she's, she's on to something. Um, you know, there, there's, um, you know, the books themselves are so allegorical. And, you know, what I think I loved about the books when I first read them was just how, um, especially in that first book, Leviathan Wakes, just how the uh, the arcs of Miller and Holden kind of mirror each other in a fun way. Um, you know, they're kind of reverse arcs, but they do match. And uh, I think there is something to the fact that these two men, um, you know, find themselves in this insane circumstance and have this incredible tie uh, through uh, through this you know, paradigm shifting moment in, uh, in humanity. Um, I think, I don't think it's a, it's, it was a, a mistake or, or chance that, um, that the writers chose to do that. So there's definitely something to that for sure. I'm going to have to look it up, but I was just about to say there, there was a news story recently about, I forget what country it was of them doing exactly that of doing multiple parents to, uh, make a child and turn like having multiple trying to do multiple dnas which i was like ooh, it's like the expanse <laughs> uh, uh steven is there any current projects you're working on you can let us know about any upcoming conventions or events that you're attending uh nothing that i can confirm right now i think i'm doing i think i'm doing a movie next month in uh, in portland oregon that i'm excited mm-hmm. about but uh it hasn't you know all the pieces haven't come together yet so i i always hesitate to uh, say it is or isn't happening um, because with independent movies, it's it's all very kind of fragile. But um, I hope it comes together. It's something I'm really excited about, and um, and you know, getting back to work on uh, on the Expanse. You know, I I think everybody involved in the show is just itching to get back and um, and to continue the story forward. Do you know uh, in advance, and they might not have announced it yet, do you know if Expanse is making any appearance at any upcoming conventions like San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con or anything like that? Uh, I'm, I'm sure we are. I'm not in, I, I'm, I can't confirm that. I'm, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure, so I don't want to say. Um, but I'm, I'm confident that we will be doing uh, something. You know, uh, I'm not, not sure, but I would think we would be. Um, it would be a, a question for... Uh, for Narain or for uh, for Alcon, but I'm sure I'm sure we will be at uh, some of these events, if not all of them. Wonderful. Yeah. And your movie, The Covenant, is on Netflix. So, but oh, we rediscovered <laughs> you, and you look fabulous. So, do you think you might want to redo the pool scene again? <laughs> 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 yeah, I've been itching to do a, another pool scene like that for uh, for, for years. I mean, God, the expanse. That's a long time ago now. I was 18 years old when that movie. Wow. Uh, I was, yeah, we were talking about four, Sky High, too. That one's also oh, a throwback. Yeah, yeah, my goodness. I mean, like over over a decade ago and and, and some. So uh, I'm, ha- I'm happy that they're still out there. People are still enjoying them. That's, uh, that's cool to hear. They're enjoying it very much. I rewatched it. I saw it at the theater when it came out, and then I rewatched it this week, and I was like, I remember the spider scene. I remember that movie. You guys were wow. so handsome in it. I was like, oh, my gosh. I have to see this more than once. 
if people have no idea, Covenant is essentially a witch movie, but it's all men. So it's warlocks. Like warlocks, exactly. Uh, it's That's a, right. It's, it was a it's, fun like, it's like the it's like the craft, but with, with boys. Yeah. Uh, and then Expanse is also online, so people are on Netflix and Amazon. So that's ways for people to catch up on those shows and see you more currently. Um, thank you so so yes, much for you, joining thank us. You, thank you. Pleasure thank talking you about so the much. show with you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. And if you're ever in Los Angeles, please feel free to stop by. Will do. Will do. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks you. Thank you again, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Indeed. Indeed. I hope so. Thank you, Bye, Stephen. Bye. Take care. And then, uh, <laughs> reminder for the fans, we have the autograph picture Stephen signed. And yes. so, to get that, please leave a comment down below. Your favorite moment during this recap that Stephen said something or something we talked about, so we know that you watched this episode. And then we will check. Uh, we will pick a random winner and let you know, hopefully maybe by like next week's episode or yeah, so. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, an- let's by announce next it on week. the air. On so we end. will announce it on the air next week who wins. So leave a comment down below your favorite moment from this recap, something Stephen did, said, alluded to or something, uh, even just his wonderful laugh uh, or smile. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then we will give you, uh, mail you that autograph picture. Uh, let's do some really quick predictions because we're at the end here. More predictions. Okay. And now... Any things that immediately on top of your head? Well, I think that we're not going to have a reunion quite fast where Naomi's going to be back with the Rossi, Rossi, but Holden won't be there. Okay, yeah. So we won't see that reunion quite as fast as we would would probably like to. Right. I think so, too. uh, It's going to be like two ships in the night. They're going different (laughs) ways. Um... I think Melba's still yeah. plotting and scheming to kill him. I don't think she's gone. Him. She's not gone. She's yeah. staying on the ship. And I think that um, Miss Party Girl Solidad and Dr. Anna, Reverend Dr. Anna, she was kind of flirting with her for a minute. Oh, yeah. She's like, you know I'm married, right? Or aren't you married? Yes. I, I feel we'll see. I, I want to see more of them. They're, they're pretty funny together, actually. Yes, they are. Uh, I think that's about it. Thank you so much for watching. Oh, yes. Real quick. On the chat, I am alien says prediction. Everyone in that ring is getting tri- teleported somewhere else. Oh yes, or the ring is teleportation. We haven't, we don't know what it does, where it takes you. So we will find out hopefully. Uh, again, thank you so much for watching. Huge thank, thank you to you. Stephen for joining yes. us. Thank you for people watching live in the chat. And no worries, please comment down below your thoughts on the episode and for your chance to win the picture. And uh, sign off. Where can people find more all about you guys? Cherry underscore la on Twitter and Instagram. Hey guys, and I'm Rick Hong. You can find me on all social media at Rick Hong, R-E-C-K-H-O-N-G. And I'm going to be on Netflix Picks next. And my name's Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. Thanks for watching. Love See you ya. next week. Bye. Kisses. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later.